Good morning, Lydia House. Morning. We are very happy to be outside again today. It's wonderful. This is a beautiful sanctuary. We're among the trees. Glad you're here. If you're new, we welcome you. Angie, Karen, Spencer. And I'm especially today going to welcome my wife's parents, Phil and Margaret. Um, and I want to honor them today. I'm going to honor them in a message. Uh, we were having devotions together, and I said to them, you are not here to die. You are here to finish your mission, to, to, to finish your race. We all have a race to run. I'll be talking about that in the sermon. And we have a race to run. And they've been running a race. They've been running a really good race. And so Karen and I wanted them, uh, to, their last lap, to be among their best. And so we prayed, and the Lord led us to bring them back here. And my, it's been a good time to have them with us. So I'll be talking a little more about that later. So let's uh, open with prayer together. It is good to be here, Father. It is good to be with your people, one another. You say where two or three are gathered, you are there in their midst. And so thank you for being right here with us. We rejoice today that you are with us in the midst of a terrible spiritual, physical, emotional pandemic. We thank you that we can come together, enjoy you, enjoy one another. And so we, we bless you, our God and our Father. We bless one another, and we begin this service in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So just a few quick announcements. If you want to come and greet them uh, after the service, we'd love for you to do that. Please put a mask on. And if you want to put a mask on now, you can. You don't have to, but uh, you're welcome to. Uh, and the way I approach this, if I'm talking to someone, I want to find out from them what their desire is. If their desire is for me to wear a mask, then I want to put a mask on. Uh, so uh, we've been requested in being with them. They're 96 and 95 and doing well. Praise the Lord. And so I'll say more about that a little bit later. We have an offering box on the table. And uh, if you want to give to the ministry of Lydia House that goes to supporting the local thing and goes beyond, we just sent $1,300 to Reverend uh, Charles Karuku who's working with racial reconciliation here in the cities. He went to Portland. He went to Seattle. He went to Kenosha. And uh, God is using him. He spoke for us and his wife, Lindsay. He was here. Did, would, did he come on a Sunday? He came on a, I know he was here on a Friday. I don't know if we got him here on a Sunday yet. We didn't, did we? Okay, well, we'd love to do that, to get him here, because uh, we want to support him, and so it would be good to have him here. Nate said, be sure to tell them that I'm looking forward to being back. So he's had a successful sabbatical. I told you that I failed sabbatical my first attempt. Uh, 
but uh, he's had a good sabbatical, so he'll be with us now during the week at our LT meeting, and then he'll be preaching next Sunday. I put some pictures on the table that I'd like you to look at. They're pictures uh, that revolve around these two people here, Phil and Margaret, whom we're honoring today. And uh, I kept one because uh, I wanted to show it to you and, uh, and then say something about it. And I'll remind Phil what he did back in 1975. I fell in love with somebody called Karen Ludio. And where, oh, there she is. <laughs> and uh, things developed very quickly. We had our first date in April. We were engaged in June and married in August. How's that for moving along? Well, we had waited a long time. We had both, well. Before we met. Yeah. <laughs> That's her reasoning. So we, we had several churches that we had connected to, the one that I was associate pastor at, the one where my dad was pastor, and the one where he used to be pastor. So we had a lot of people that came. We had 700, 600, 700, and we couldn't get them into our church. So we're at a Catholic cathedral. You're welcome to come in. We got chairs around here. Hi, Angie. And uh, here's how we started the service. We had the choir in the balcony sing the first verse of Beautiful Savior. Karen, from the back of the sanctuary, sang the second verse of Beautiful Savior. And then she walked down while the congregation sang the third verse. Ah, uh, I, get, I get goosebumps just thinking of it. And here she is walking down the aisle. And I said to her afterwards, I said, were you nervous? And she said, why would I be nervous? That was her response. Well, Paul, can so, I add to that? It's because of my parents, how they raised us. Of course. When they raised us singing at, all the way from where we were, we were so you know, high, uh, young and they said if you're thinking about yourself when you're singing that's not right because you're giving a message to others and it's from the Lord and so then we uh, had that uh, within our hearts for a long time and that uh, helped us a lot when we were uh, traveling and singing as a family and um, I still think of it of course <laughs> and not to say that uh, a little bit of uh, fear and trembling is, is good in that, well, we're, we're ambassadors of the Lord. So thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yes. And speaking of weddings, we got to participate in a wedding yesterday, a virtual wedding here, John and Masumi. Yeah. Yes. Congratulations, Dad. You got a new son, man. Okay, the main point of a wedding is what? Getting married. Getting married. They are happily wedded. Yeah. Bill and Erica. So, however you want to, just stand and greet one another. You can wave at them.
You can, you can uh, touch them however you want to, but stand for a moment and just say hi to people around you. If, if there's somebody you don't know, introduce yourself. And then we'll start our opening hymn. Grab a song sheet and we'll start with Great is Thy Faithfulness. Will someone uh, uh, take the song sheets? Blake, could you pass them out? because it'll blow away if you let it go. Together. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever shalt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter, summer and winter, and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin, pardon for sin, and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. 
Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, no mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. The Bible calls us to magnify the Lord. Now, we can't make him bigger than he is is already the great God, but we magnify him in our own heart, in our thinking. So different ones just speak out words about the goodness, the greatness, the kindness of God. Just say God is or the Father is. Just speak it out good and strong about who God is. Yes. He is, yes, 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 he is righteous, true love, yes. He's worthy. He never fails. God never fails. He's dependable. We can count on him. I worship you, I worship you, you are here, moving in our midst, I worship you, I worship you, you are here, working in this place, I worship you. I worship you. You are way maker, miracle worker, 
promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you, I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you, I worship you. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, mending every heart. I worship you, yeah. I worship you. And you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, 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 that is who you are. That is who you are, that is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. Never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. 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 You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light. 
darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. the wind as it blows away our music. <laughs> there you go.
am a child of God. Yes, I am. I have chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen. Forsaken, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Oh, I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free. I'm a child of God, yes I am. The two greatest needs that we have to know. The two greatest truths that we need to embrace are the truth of who God is and the truth of who we are. Once we come to know that God is good, that God is kind, that God is great, that God is all-knowing, all-forgiving, all-enabling, then we also need to know who we are in order to lay hold on that. And by grace, through faith, we can come to know Jesus and be forgiven of our sins and become his children. Then we know we're chosen, we're loved, we're accepted, not only for time but for all eternity. Those two truths we embrace today and find deep security 
in knowing who God is and who we are.
the children these presents go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing he is for you he is for you he is for you he is for you, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you. take a moment just to let that truth settle into our hearts just a quiet moment of reflecting on a God who is for us something God is just waiting to pounce on us ready to punish us he's a good father he loves us he cares for us just ponder it and let it sink into your heart in a moment of quiet.
believe the Lord would want to sing over all of you. As we were singing that song, I felt prompted to bring these flags over to most of you because I felt the Lord was speaking to all of us. Just wanted to remind you. Extend your love now to your children here, Father. Extend your love to Karen as she needs healing in her body. Extend your love to Karen. Extend your love to any here who are struggling in their bodies or spirit. Let your love beam down upon us. Show us your mercy today, God. You are a merciful Father, not a vindictive Father. You are good and kind in every way and we receive of your love today through Christ Jesus, amen. So it's wonderful to be outside. Just a little word, you can go through these doors or those doors, but. Uh, we go to the bathroom in the basement. It's right through here and around uh, to the left. If you need to, you go at any point during the service. You don't have to wait till the end. You go as, you're, as it, you need to. In the care, as we said yes to receiving Phil and Margaret into our home, we also got a yes from their son, Stephen, even before we asked him, he said, I'll be coming over every day to help you. What a huge gift Steve is. I've always liked him, but now I even like him, I think, a little more. So, so what a, and, and so if we have to go somewhere, he'll come and change his schedule so that we can go because we still have responsibilities elsewhere and so thank you, Steve. And Steve has some words to share with us today. Uh, you are my brother, not just, you know, in spirit and spiritually, but through marriage. And you're as close as anybody I know. We are such good friends. And it's been a joy just to be with Karen and Paul, of course, every day, but with mom and dad as well. Because, uh, you know... When your mom says, oh, I should just go to be with, with the Lord in heaven. I'm just such a burden to everybody. I, I, there's nothing I can do. Can I do the dishes? I said, mom, if you stand and do the dishes, you'll have a backache for a week, and I'll be rubbing your back for hours. <laughs> the dishes take me 30 minutes, and I'm done, okay? <laughs> I'd much rather do that. She says, okay, okay. But she's just such a servant her whole life. And she says, oh, I'm just such a bother. And I said, well, when I was a little baby, 
I didn't do a whole lot. I didn't bring in a lot of income to the house. You had to change my diapers. I was crying. I was selfish. I was terrible. You know, oh, she says, you are a wonderful baby. And I said, you brought me such joy. And I said, well, mom, you might know a little bit how, how I feel about you. Yeah, it takes some work to take care of you, but it's a real joy to me. I get to repay that now and, and, and to you, dad. And I just feel your spirit coming into me and, and fellowshipping with you. And when I tuck you into bed and you give me a hug and say, I just love you. And I said, you're the best mother and father anybody could have. And she said, well, you're the best son I could ever have. And I said, you remember you have one more son, right? Oh, yeah. I said, just don't tell Mark. <laughs> I drove your paper. It's like one of our daughters, the smallest one, after hearing the, about Joseph getting thrown into the pit, you know, and going off to Egypt, afterwards she seriously looked at her mom and says, don't tell Rachel and Sarah that I'm your favorite. <laughs> People got thrown in a pit. And so, but it's been such a joy. Just every day, just uh, so wonderful. I just, I'm really glad. And today we want to honor them. And I have a little friend too who wants to come and honor them as well. And uh, do we have some kids here? Can we bring up the little kids up here? And um, we can uh, have a little talk to my little tiny friend. Maybe you guys could just stand up here, okay? What's your name? Joshua. Joshua, what a great name. Isaac, oh my goodness. Do we have a Jacob or a son? You know, <laughs> keep the tradition going. Yeah. And what's your name? Benjamin. Benjamin? Yes, look at this. Straight out of the Bible. This is great. And what's that guy's name? Carlos, is he big brother? Is he too big to come up here? You're 13? You're not too big, right? You're, you're brave. Okay. We need brave people here. Okay, that's great. And any other little kids? Okay. Okay. Oh, good. We got a little one down here. He's running. He's running to finish the race strong. That's our theme for today. Finishing strong. Okay. Let me see here. Okay, we'll go put. All right, that's great. Look at that. Wow, look at that. <laughs> look at all these kids. I know. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. And what's the name of the smallest one? How would I know? Huh? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. All from the Bible. They're all from the Bible. I know. And uh, so have you been a good duck? Yes, I've been very good. Uh, what, what's so good about what you've been doing? I've been animal distancing. You've been animal distancing. Okay. <laughs> You probably have done the best job of anybody. Yeah, I'm stuck in a box all day <laughs> and all night. Yeah, you get stuck in a How would you like to get stuck in a box all day and all night? Nobody likes that. Yeah. I hate it. It's so good to be out. I know it's so good to be out. And uh, you know what? Actually, you're probably the only one who really doesn't matter if you wear this. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's good. Yeah. But you never know. You know, you might... Uh, you might uh, be a good example to people, you know? When we're talking close to people, yeah, I might want to have the, this over your face. Yeah, especially because you spit all the time when you, no, I'm so, sorry, sorry. I'll give you a towel afterwards. Thanks a lot. All right, all right. So, 
You can hear him better too. I yeah. think you can. I don't know why. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> okay. But today we're talking about finishing strong and uh, how life is a battle and we each have a part to play. Hi there. All right. Hi there. Yeah, I like that. Look at that. I'm real. Real fake. Real fake. Okay, that's good. But it's a real fake. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's better than fake news. I know that's right, being real fake, okay? <laughs> okay, well, good. Now, um, today we want to talk about how life is a race and a battle. What's a battle? What's a battle, do you know? It's when you have a fight, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes people fight and get hurt and stuff, and that's not too good. But, but, if, but if you're fighting against evil, something really bad, it's good to stay strong, right? Stay strong, like in Star Wars, you know, you fight against evil. And the dark side. That's right. That's right. And that's how life is, that God has placed us here on earth to make life easy for us. No, to make life easy for us. Yeah. He's supposed to answer all our prayers. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Take away everything that's bad. Well, he doesn't always do that, does he? No, no. And life is tough. And it's full of problems. I wish all my problems went away. Yeah, I wish all my problems would go away too. Do you have anybody have problems? Anybody? Okay. What are some problems that we run into? You kids know any problems? Yeah? Like seven times sixty-seven? Yeah, that's a big problem. <laughs> that's a big problem. But yeah, we all have problems, and God gives them to us so that we can look to him and depend on him help me god yeah that's right help me god and another reason he gives us problems is so that we can help one another okay what can you guys do to help each other yeah what can you do like if someone falls down can you help them up that's right you can help them up right does he do that yeah sometimes they sometimes right sometimes yeah that's right that's right but some Oh, you're actually, yeah, because you're the older brother, right? And he's the usual one falling down. Yeah, that's right. That's a good brother. That's a very good brother, yeah. And so that's what life is all about. And you know what? From the time we're very young, a little baby, or even young like this little one, right, to the time that we're very old. Anybody here that's really old? Can you see anybody? Okay. How old are you? How old are you? 75. All right, give her a hand for making 75. 76, give a hand for him. Anybody older than that? All right, how old are you guys? Wow, really old. <laughs> really old. That's right, that's right. Well, you're old too, Ducky. You know how I know? Why? Because his brother made you. What? Yeah, that's right. His younger brother, Dave Ludio, made you ducky wow thanks dave yeah thanks dave yeah isn't that interesting his brother made him so how old does that make me how old does that make me well let's see when he made it that's too hard to compute <laughs> maybe 70 years old wow you really does huh edge of the tree oh age of the tree that's true that's true that's true yeah yeah well you really you really uh, look good for your age. Well, you don't. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, well, you're always insulting me. Sorry about that. Yeah, 
and resist. Okay, that's right. So he's 96, and she's right hot on her heels, right behind him at 95. They're both racing to the end. All right, give him a hand. Yahoo! Now, we have a lot of battles in life, and when he was young, about 20-something, he fought in a battle too. Anybody can guess what battle it was? Uh, just a little hint. Iwo Jima. There you go. You can't see. I can't see a thing. I know. Okay, give him a hand. So he fought in a very terrible battle in World War II before you were born. Yeah. And and he fought against these people that were trying to kill him, and he was trying to stop them and kill them too. But after the war, he said, you know what, even, even during the war, when, the, when he went up, the enemies were captured, he went up to their, their place where they were in a cage, and he went and tried to talk to them. What? Did he know Japanese? No, he didn't know Japanese, but he heard them talking, and he said, Oh my goodness, that sounds like my mother and dad and grandmother speaking to each other. What? Yeah, because he knew Finnish, because they all spoke Finnish. And he says, that sounds just like Finnish. Yeah. So he went over to talk to them. Yeah. And he showed him pictures of his girlfriend sitting next to him now, and his parents and everything. And they took out pictures and showed him. And his friends came over and said, that's terrible. Yeah because you're talking to the enemy. He says, you know what? They're not the enemy anymore. They are done fighting. They're human beings like you and me. And they deserve yeah. kindness, yes. Yeah. Look at that. And so he said, when this war is done, I am going to go back to Japan. We'll go back, but go to Japan. And instead of bringing bullets. Bullets are terrible. That's right. Instead of bullets, bring something else that starts with a B. Can anybody guess what starts with a Bible? Give them a hand. All right. Bibles instead of bullets. Isn't that better? That's right. And so we, he gave them the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. And people that came to the Lord said, you know what? You're like a brother to me. Closer than a brother. That's right. That's what they said. The Japanese one pastor said, he is a closer than my physical brother because of this Bible he brought. Wow, that's fantastic. So here's an example of a man who fought well. He fought for us physically to have freedom in our country, and he fought for us uh, for, for their spiritual safety, and he is finishing strong all the way to the end. He is praying for people, praying for you, praying for others. Let's give him a hand. All right, I would, but my hands can't get together. Okay, <laughs> the rest of them will. <laughs> Thank you, Grandpa. Thank you, Grandpa. <laughs> Are they clapping for me? No, they're not clapping for you. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye. Would you like to meet Ducky again sometime? Okay. He, he comes around about once a week. So you're welcome to come back and... And if you want to sit down, find a place you can stay right here if you want, or you can find a spot somewhere else. And I'm going to grab my Bible.
Yeah, kids, if you want, you can go with Karen. She's going to go do a Sunday school for the kids. You're, you're welcome to stay here if you want, or you can go with them. I want to tell a story before you leave. Uh, and then uh, this is a crazy story about the people sitting on here. So it's 1975. I'm really liking this girl here. I, uh, I had my first date in April, and I'm getting serious by May and thinking this, this, could be the, this could be the thing. This could be the real thing. They're coming in June. I have been training along with five other guys at our church to run a marathon. And it was the Palos Verdes Marathon. If you ever heard of Palos Verdes, it's the Beverly Hills of the South Bay. It's very beautiful. The run is a spectacular run where you run overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And uh, I've been training for that. Just so happened that they're coming in on the day of the race. And so there are, there are uh, yeah, they're supposed to be here early, but they didn't get here early. And so the race started at 8 a.m., and there were about 1,700 runners, so it's a big group of people. And I'm running along, and I told Karen, I don't care, even if the race has started, I want to see your dad. And I made it very clear. So they're driving along, and they see the runners running down Hawthorne Boulevard. You, you know Hawthorne if you've been to Southern California, Hawthorne Boulevard. And uh, they spot me. And so uh, they, they pull over to the side, and then Karen says, Dad, get out and run with him. He's in these kind of clothes. <laughs> He's in hard sole shoes. And, uh, and he says, you're crazy. I'm not going to go out and run with those people. They're serious. And Karen said, he wants to talk to you. <laughs> he gets out, and he starts running. We're all in shorts. We've got T-shirts with numbers on them. And he is, this clown is running with them. And because he is a pretty good runner, he is running. He is passing them. We're running 26 miles. He may be running uh, half a mile. But he starts sprinting down Hawthorne to catch up with me. Was it level, that, this, this particular part was level. There was a lot of hills, but this was level. And he gets up to uh, where my friend Steve is, or, uh, Luther is. And Luther says, hey, Paul, there's somebody behind you. I turn around, and here is Phil. I wave him up. He comes up. We're running. We haven't stopped for a moment. I've got my arm around him. I say, hey, how you doing? He said, good. I say, hey, I got a question for you. I'd like to marry your daughter. Here's what he says, good night. That was his first response. And then his second response was, I think he's in it. That's what he said which gave me enough, I, I thought that was a yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a yes. Then he peeled off, went back to the car where his mother was, his daughter, uh, her sister, and the car was filled with people. 
and uh, he shared what the business was about, so they all cried, which I think was a positive thing. <laughs> and, uh, and then they kind of followed me. I, I saw him a couple more times during, during the race. And uh, we announced it the next day. Yes, we announced it at church. So it was a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We were having devotions a few days ago, and I really got in their face. I said, you didn't come here to die. You came to finish your race. And you have run, the two of you have run a spectacular race. And if we can help you, we'd like to help you finish your race well. And so that's what we determined, what we decided, that we're just not waiting for them to die, that we have really wonderful devotions together every day, hour long or so. We read the scriptures, we sing, do a lot of singing, a lot of worship and praying together. So I want you guys to know that when we took this on, some of you said, oh my, way to go. And you said, that's going to be hard. It is so wonderful to have them here. It is so wonderful to be able to serve them. I get up at night. I love, I love to do it. Those words are on tape. I love to. And thank you for your, your words, too, Stephen. They're uh, well chosen. So I want to talk to you about finishing well. Uh, whatever your age, it doesn't matter. Because we live with the end in view. Can you say that? We live with the end in view. A victim doesn't. A victim looks back and says, if only. I talked about being a victim about four weeks ago. Victims don't look forward, they look behind and they say, if only. So the Israelites going into the promised land, they started looking back instead of looking up. And they wanted to go back to Egypt. And they talked about how good the food was. It's in the book. It was terrible in Egypt. But it was easier for victims to look back to what was than to head into what is. And so now we've got a Paul who is telling us, we're going to look at a scripture now, he's saying, what do you do with the past? You forget it. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. See, you're running straining forward to what lies ahead. We press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we're, 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 we're competing. We're pressing. And so that's, they're ahead probably of most of us in their race. And they'll probably hit the tape before we do. Not necessarily, but probably. But they're running a race. So Karen, you're going to take the kids? Uh, yeah, and I was going to say, when you're running a race, you know, you don't always have that grimace on your face. Almost always. But in your heart, because the Lord is helping you, even though that might be on your face, you know that the Lord is for you, as we sang today. And I want to say that my parents, and this is for the children too, they started memorizing scripture and learning God's word 
when they were very young and it's been such a joy to hear them finish some of the scriptures that we're reading yeah. and uh, the songs. Oh, oh, they do that often. When we're reading through, I look over at Margaret and she finishes the And And the songs. The and you know, it's not too late though, even if you're starting now, because God knows our brains. He says in his word, you know, to sing a new song, to hide his word in your heart, and he helps us. So uh, it's been proven, even scientifically. If you're singing, you know, it's a different part of your brain, and what a blessing it is to know that he already knows this is how we work, and it's for our benefit, and what a joy it is. Way so, to go, honey. So, uh, Glad I married you. <laughs> So she's gonna go to uh, Sunday school. So kids, some of you want, might want to go with her because you'll have more fun with her than you will with me. I'll guarantee it. You don't have to. I can just take. Okay. We'll be out in the back. Okay. No adults can go. I, if I see adults going, honey, I'm I'm gonna be upset with you. Yes. So 2 Timothy 4. If you have Bibles, I'll, I'll uh, give it to you. Paul, Paul has three tenses. And we want, I want you to hear the three tenses now as I say this. There's the present tense, the past tense, and the future tense. He says, I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. 2 Timothy 4, what is it, about verse 6 or 7? What, what verse is it, John? Six. 6, okay. The time of my departure, he calls his leaving the earth a departure. And then he says three things in the past tense that I want to really gear into. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. I want to ask you if there are any fights that you are fighting that are not good fights. It's very easy to get involved in skirmishes that are not significant enough to fight that are not worthy of our fighting. There are some fights that are truly worthy of our fighting. I, I fought against the merger when the ALC and the LCA were merging into what is called the ELCA. The church had already gone sour. It had gone south, and this was going to make it worse, and it is far worse, the ELCA now. The Evangelical Lutheran Church of America is not evangelical. It's, hard. it's not even Lutheran. I wish it wasn't American. And at, even at this time, we could see the trend, and so I took up the fight to try to stop it. That was not a good fight. I didn't, it, didn't, uh, it, it didn't amount to anything, and my mentor, Larry, said to me, Paul, I don't think God gave you this fight to fight. And uh, it took a lot of time, looked, took a lot of money, took a lot of effort, and I should have chosen better. So I'm telling you, choose your fights. There are fights that are good fights. They're worth giving your time and attention to, 
and there are fights that are not good fights. Paul fought the good fight. He fought to help people believe. He fought to help people come to faith in Jesus Christ. He was a fighter, and he was willing to be thrown into a crowd of angry people if he could share the gospel. He was fearless. He fought the good fight. He, what was the next one? Finished the race. After I would come home from running, my kids would say, Dad, did you win? And I would say, yes, I finished. My goal was to finish. Your goal is to finish your race. You've got a race. We've all got a race. They've got a race that they're running now. And our goal is to finish. What happened to one of his friends, one of Paul's friends? You remember? Somebody who didn't finish? He says later, in about verse 9 or 10, he says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. He can't believe it. Demas is listed at least twice, I think three times in Paul's letters. He's saying hi to Demas in Colossians and in the book of Philemon. He was a part of the apostolic band. He wasn't a newbie in the Christian life. But something in the world attracted him and detracted him, and he left the race. Very sad. Do you know anybody like that? Anybody that's left the race? They were in the race. They were fighting a good fight. But then something got into them. It's very sad. Paul said, I have finished. What is he talking about? Eight year, about eight years before, he was writing to the Philippians. And he's saying, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. If it is to mean life in the flesh, that would be good for me and it would be good for you. Yet which I shall choose, I don't know. I am pulled between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain is more necessary for you, so I will remain and continue with you for your betterment in the faith. So he knew he had some more time. And he was going to continue to pour it out on these people. Now this is about eight years later. It's the late 60s. Nero burnt down Rome and is coming against the Christians. Paul is again in prison. And he, he knows he's not going to get out. He knows he is about to die. And he said, I have finished my race. It's a very satisfying thing when you run long distance to hit the tape finally. I mean, it feels really good. It doesn't feel good if you haven't run your race. And I'm saying to you, you need to know what God's called you to do and not have unfinished business when you're about to die. I asked my dad two weeks before he died. I said, Dad, do you have any unfinished business? I don't know why I asked it, but I did. He said, no, I did what I was supposed to do. What a wonderful way to go. Do you know how many people on their deathbed are feeling regrets? I wish I spent more time with my kids. I wish I didn't put all my time into my work. I wish we went on more vacations. I wish we had devotions as a family. I wish I can get, led my kids to Jesus so that they would belong to him now. All kinds of people are living with regret. Will you? I'm asking you that question now. Will you have any regrets? You need to look with the end in view. Live with the end in view. That's a healthy way to live. Live as if you are there and saying, what do I have to do in order to finish my race? What do I have to do to be able to say when I'm in that place and I'm taking my last breath, 
I did what I was supposed to do. That's what Jesus said as he was preparing to go to the cross. Father, I have glorified your name. Remember what he said? Having done what you commanded me to do. I came to die. Now I'm getting ready to die. He glorified him. Paul knew he was hitting the tape. No unfinished business. What a way to go. What a way to live so that you are ready to die. Demas wasn't ready now. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I'm saying to you, hold on. It's tough sometimes, as Ducky let us know today. It's tough. Life is harder than I thought it would be. Hey, marriage is harder than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a piece of cake. It's not as easy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, they know. Hey, they're doing it in two weeks. Look, look over here at John and Allie. Put your hand toward them, and we're going to bless them. Father, bless John, bless Allie in these last two weeks as single people as they change their identity in two, less than two weeks now, and they become husband and wife. We thank you for calling them together. We thank you for what it will mean to them to come together and live together as husband and wife. We thank you for the fruit of that union and what will uh, come out of it in the days, weeks, years ahead. We bless them, especially in these last two weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul was able to say, I have kept the faith. So there are things that we need to hold on to and not give up. Then listen to this. Then he, he follows it by saying, henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord will award to me on that day and not only to me but all those who have loved his appearing you know that there are rewards for those who follow Christ should we live for the reward yes we should rewards are motivation throughout the scripture it sounds like that's a, a cheap thing to say it's absolutely true in Scripture. Paul says it here. Paul says it elsewhere. I'm going to teach on it in a few weeks so that you understand what the Bible says about rewards. But that's motivation for us. Why would an athlete give six years of his life running like crazy, disciplining himself, getting up early, going to bed, and eating proper food, running in the Olympic Games for a race that takes 10 seconds? And it's done. 
because he knows the blessing of winning and attempting and going for it and winning and getting a reward. He knows the possibility that he will stand on a platform and he will hear his country's anthem and he will be presented with a prize. He'll work, she'll work for eight years for that moment. We will work for 50, 60, 96 years for that moment when Jesus says, well done, way to go. And he gives us a reward. It doesn't make sense. It's so gracious. He gives us all the strength to do it. He gives us his Holy Spirit to enable us. And then he rewards us for doing it. It's grace upon grace upon grace. I suspect, Phil and Margaret, that you will hit the tape before I do. I suspect that will probably be the case. When that happens, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be gathering together and thanking God for the way that you have run your race, the way you have lived your life, the battles that you fought for good, Phil and you, Margaret, and, and we're going to thank God for, putting, for you putting us with you in your life so that you could help us and so that we could strengthen you in this season. Yeah. So, Father, let your blessing these days be upon Phil and Margaret. We thank you for the race that they have run. We thank you that they have fought the good fight. Oh, my, they have fought the good fight. And thank you that their race is almost done. There's probably not much more to go. Many more laps left. We thank you that they have kept the faith, solidly kept the faith, held on, not just for their sake, but for their children, their grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and all the people who know them. We bless them. We thank you for them. And I bless my friends here that, that they will run a good race that they will keep the faith and they will fight the good fight, the fight of faith. Amen. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his mercy and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.